to you. We love you. We thank you for being out here tonight. Thank our Facebook audience, those who are joining us and will be joining us. We started a, a new theme for the year of 23, September 23 to September 24. We're already in the calendar year of uh, 5784, I believe it is, uh, the Jewish calendar. And so as we move forward in that Jewish calendar, our theme for the year is unrighteousness. Now, we use the theme about awake to righteousness, okay? And when we are using that theme, awake to righteousness, it just simply means the word awake means to be, it's rouse your understanding or to rouse you out of a stupor, okay? And so to rouse one understanding means to shake, it means to get your attention to the new identity of who you are in this understanding that we're dealing with right here. So we're dealing with the understanding of, we're dealing with the understanding of understanding our right standing with God. And that's what this is all about. It's about our right standing with God. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We always have fun at favor. Amen. We have one person that we have to constantly pray for all the time. But it's okay. All right. So where was I? I was talking about awake unto righteousness, right? So our awakening under righteousness, the key word is righteousness. Okay? And so I took the first two weeks of <clears throat> this month talking to you about what it means to be awake to righteousness. So let's put this back up once more. And then we have other scriptures coming up next week that we're going to use. Uh, Case, put this up, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 33 and 34. And let's put this in the NLT to see how this reads. 1 Corinthians 15, <clears throat> Old King James says, Be not deceived. For God, be not deceived because what? Evil communication, that's what corrupts good manner. Here in the NLT it says, don't be what? Fooled by those who say such things. And what is the such thing that he's talking about? Again, if you go back to verse 1 of the 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians, it's talking about the argument is about was Christ raised from the dead or have the resurrection of Christ already come. And so Paul in here is saying to the church of Corinth, don't be fooled. Okay? Because if there is no resurrection of Jesus' body from the dead, then we have no salvation. Okay? And if Christ has already, if, if the rapture has already, already happened, then our life is in vain. And that's why Paul had to come and turn Hominids and Philetus over to the works of the devil. Why? Because they would not listen. Now, these were believers. Okay? And this is the reason why Paul is saying this. Don't be fooled by those who say such things. Okay? Now, if we need to go back up a little bit, 
Okay, let's uh, back it up a little bit, Casey. Uh, let's start at verse 1 of the same chapter. It said, let me remind you now. Let, let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, of the good news I preached to you before. The good news? What is the good news? The good news is about whose you are. Okay? That's all it is. That's what it is. It's about whose you are. If you could begin to start adapting and living under the, uh, living under the concept of whose you are, then you're going to know how your father is going to represent you at all time or how you will be represented as a son or daughter at all time. He's never scolding you. He's never condemning you. He would never speak down upon you. He would never look down upon you. He would never judge you. He would never insult you. He would never blame you. Hmm? No, but he will always love you. Hmm? He will always bless you, prosper you. He will always look to do good for you. So if you don't see that, if you don't hear that, then you are not to receive that. That's why it's called the good news. The good news is, is that if we can get a person to hear what they don't have, but what is available to them, now they can make a quality decision and say, you know what? Wow. I can let this go. I can turn this loose. I can quit this. And God loved me. Absolutely. See, we haven't really truly experienced the love that God has for the church. We're so busy about hearing the word about, you know, repent. I believe in the, in the word repent. But again, we don't use the word repent as something to uh, degrade you or to make you feel condemned. My repentance is based upon a revelation truth of whose I am. It's not about judging you. It's not about condemning you. So we look at all the bad in America and around the world and whatever. We say, well, God is judging America. God, you know, America needs to repent. Well, my God. We live in a world that's filled with imperfect people, including ourselves. Right? Absolutely. So repentance for the world, America can't repent because America don't really know God. Now, then we have a bunch of us that know God, a bunch of people around the globe in Africa, in uh, uh, India, uh, in, you know, uh, the Middle East, uh, well, in Asia, we got people that know God in these different parts of the world. But you can't tell their nation to repent. They don't know God. Repentance is only for the righteous. It's for the believer. Now, the unrighteous will repent when they come to acknowledge who Jesus is. But how can they repent of something that they don't know? They have to have an alternative. 
And if you don't know the gospel, if you don't know the truth of who you are, then people will live in their sin. They will live in their bondage. They'll live in their fears. They'll live in, you know, in their unbelief. And that's why Jesus talked about the, how the disciple had an evil heart of unbelief. Well, even Moses said they had an evil heart of unbelief. They didn't, it, it wasn't disbelief, it was unbelief. They refused to believe, they refused to move and act on the truth that they know. Fear is always Satan's greatest weapon as faith is to you and I. And God moving on our behalf, God moves by faith, Satan moves by fear. Are y'all following what I'm saying? And that's why Job said, the thing that I greatly feared, Job 3.25, he said, the thing that I greatly feared has come upon me. Notice he said, what I greatly fear. Fear works in the same reference of light as what faith is in the word of God to the believer. So if you let fear in, in any shape, form, or fashion, then that means you're giving that enemy a foothold in your belief about whatever that is. So he said, let me remind you, dear brothers and sisters, that the good news I preached to you before, you welcome it then, and you still stand firm in it. Next verse, Case. It is the good news that save you if you continue. See the word? If you what? Continue to believe the message I told you. And that's what the problem is. We don't hold fast to the truth. We hold fast to it until someone else come along and tell us something a little different. And then we say, mm, you know what? You got a point there. Well, you better believe there are many motivator speakers out there, many orators out there. There are many men, women with charisma that can speak things and, and this and that. And it could change your view. Why? Because you have not made a quality decision to stand upon what you know that is real. Are y'all getting this? So he said, it is the good news that save you if you continue to believe the message I told you. Unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. Hmm? Like the resurrection took place. It's not true. Okay? Or trying to live by the law. Okay, you're saved by grace, but then you got to keep these rituals, these traditions as well. No. Next verse, Case. I pass on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me. Christ, here we go, Christ died for our sin, just as the scripture says. It didn't say your mama died, your daddy. It didn't say your coach, your mentor, your guardian. Huh? It said Christ died for our sin, just as the scripture said. Next verse. He was buried. There it is. See, we, you know, that's why we make this confession. 
Because many are being talked out of that truth. It's so simple to whereas it has lost its velocity to do what? To save, to heal, to deliver, to prosper, to protect. Because we stop believing. Hmm? No, I won't ever stop believing. Amen. He was buried. He was raised from the dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. It don't make no difference with nobody. If they don't believe it, if they don't want to receive, that's their choice. But it's still not going to change the fact. Hmm? He was seen by Peter and then by the twelve. Next verse. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of, them, most of whom are still alive, though some have died. So that means after his resurrection, he was seen by 500 or more people. Matthew's, uh, Matthew's account records that when Jesus was raised from the dead, when Jesus got up, 500 or more people got out their grave. Now, how you like that? Hmm? Then he was seen by James and later by all by the apostles. Watch this, keep going. And last of all, as though I have been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. Well, we know that on the road to Damascus, right? For I am the least of all the apostles. And the reason why he says that, because here it is. In fact, I am not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. But he did it out of ignorance. Hmm? You see the humility there? But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me. And not without results. Oh, my God. Now you know what favor is. Favor, it's no such thing as you got the favor of God in your life for something and there's not fruit. The fruit bears on what? The, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the branch. Amen? And not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I. There you go. It's not I, but what? God who was what? Working through me. How? Oh, by his grace. Glory to God. Man, I'm excited. Huh? I feel liberated tonight. All right. Next verse, Casey. So it makes no difference. Whether I preach or they preach, for we all preach the same message, you have already believed. But I tell, but tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? Hmm? Well, we got, we, got, we got people, different belief, different religion. They teach that. Hmm? 
For if there is no resurrection of the dead, what happened? Then Christ have not been raised either. Because we can't have this resurrection life without him first being raised from the dead. Hmm? And if Christ have not been raised, then all our preaching is what? Useless. I mean, we all could be at home eating some good church and fried chicken, man, with a good apple pie, right? Shoot. Are you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> but we're here tonight because we believe. <laughs> I had another friend come and say, man, you're on that, you're on that church's fried chicken, ain't you? I think everybody will be listening. Going, somebody going every now and then going to get them some church's chicken. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So if Christ had not been raised, then all of our preaching is what? Useless. Wow. And your faith is what? Useless. Is useless. Huh? I mean, it has no value. And we apostles would all be lying about God. For we all, I mean, for we have said that God was, that God raised Christ from the grave. Who raised him? God did. But that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ have not been raised. If Christ have not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still guilty of your sin. Whoa. We know he raised. And in that case, all who died believing in Christ are lost. I mean, <laughs> it's worthless. It's like writing a check with no money in the bank. <clears throat> it's worthless. Next word. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the whole world or in the world. Next verse, case. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, and he is the first of a great harvest. Of all who died. Now we're not talking about raised, when you talking about raised from the dead, we're talking about because there's others been raised from the dead, but he has been resurrected. He's the firstborn of the grave, firstborn of spiritual and physical death. That's make the difference. Are you following me? Keep going, Casey. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through another man. Jesus, I mean, Adam being the first and Jesus being the second Adam. Next verse. Is that it? Oh, just as everyone dies, 
Because we all belong to Adam? There it is. That's spiritual. Okay? It's more spiritual than it is physical. Because if he wouldn't have ate of the tree of the knowledge that had the knowledge of good and evil, there would be no physical death. Physical death came on the back of spiritual death. Mankind was made to live for all eternity. Hmm? And so Jesus giving us this second opportunity, that's why you can live the good life. You should not live healed, you should live whole. Hmm? You should live abundantly supplied. You should live with God's sufficiency in you. Joseph didn't have a dime, but Joseph had the favor of God upon him. And everywhere he went, no matter what he did, how he did it, it worked so proficiently. Jacob did the same thing. It worked so proficiently that Jacob was able to take a polar stick with God's direction, put it in the water, and notice this. And those, those animals begun to see themselves mating, bringing forth speckled and spotted out spotted animals. How can you do that? Favor. So whatever God called you to, whatever God put you in, the favor of God going to show up. You're going to increase. You can't stay the same way. You got to increase. You got to increase in every way. Oh, I'm telling you. I mean, you increase in every way. You increase in health. You increase in wealth. You increase in protection. You increase in your deliverance. I mean, you increase in everything. You increase in your community. You increase in your business. You in I mean, every time you come across somebody, they're going to know that they was in your presence. <clears throat> That's mean you left a mark in them, on them. Right? So just as everyone died because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belonged to Christ will, will be what? Given what? New life. And that's what you have. But guess what? As the righteousness of God, as you and I enter into this, this, this season of learning about our righteousness, of learning about our right standing, you're going to have to access this by faith. It's not going to fall in your lap. It's, it's it well, if it belongs to me, it needs to come to me. No, you need to call it. Is that right? When I want my dog, I call her. Macy, come. Macy, come shaking the tail. Huh? I call my wife sometime. What? <laughs> no, I got a sweet. I got a little sweet thing. She said, "What, honey?" She said, "What, Lord? What, my Lord?" <laughs> That'll be the day. <laughs> If she don't like somebody, if she don't like somebody, I said, <laughs> and I call her, 
<laughs> she had like she was even hit me. <laughs> oh Lord, I tell you, boy. <laughs> Married life is something. Boy. I tell you, sometimes I just sound a little laugh. Lord, she. <laughs> All right. Okay, how we got over there? <laughs> See that? <laughs> Watch out, baby. They're trying to they're trying to get us started. Yeah. You know how you and I ride, you know. <laughs> See that they see them ladies, see they back there chuckling, they like that? Yeah. I'm moving on. But there is an order to this <laughs> resurrection. Christ was raised as what? The first of the harvest. And then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he come back. That means you receive that new life. All of us that are alive are those who going to, when he come, we all going to raise with him. You, what you going to do? Put on that new body, that immortality. Next verse, Casey. So what I'm doing, I'm just taking you through, just showing you what verse 34, 33 represent. So the only way I could do that is just go from verse 1. After that, the, after that, the end will come when he will turn the kingdom over to God the Father, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. That's why he's seated. Because Why? You and I are at battle. You and I are at war. It's a spiritual war. It's a fight for your soul. Hmm? Yeah. So Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father until his enemies are made his footstool. We're the, we're the body. He's the head. That's why Jesus don't know when the Father will, will send him to get the bride. It's when we conquer. And when the Father see that we have rose to the occasion that bring glory and honor to him, then Jesus will turn the kingdom of God over to the Father, having destroyed every ruler, authority, and power. Why? Because we rule and reign through Christ Jesus. We allowed them to rule and reign through us. Isn't that good? I mean, God putting all that trust in us like that? He believed that we're going to get it right. He believed that we're going to renew our mind to the truth. God going to have him a remnant that's going to stand up. Hmm? Absolutely. He don't need, he don't need all of us. He loves to have all of us, but God does the most work with less, with the less people. Hmm? He took Gideon. Gideon was hiding. When he found him, he told Gideon, "You're a mighty man of God." He wouldn't, he wouldn't hide no more, because God spoke something on him. Then he told him what he was going to do, and he told him get. You know, uh, get you a, get 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 you a, get you get you some people together. He started. How many did he start out with? Thirty was it thirty two thousand? Thirty two thousand. 
And he told him, said, all that were fearful and afraid, let them go home. Because he told them that's too many. 10,000. <laughs> See, just because you got all them folk with you, man, when the grits hit the fan, you turn around and look back and go, whoop, whoop, whoop. Ain't nobody there but one or two. We got enough in here to take, take all of Kadiana and some. Huh? Oh, yeah. We'll come to St. Martinville, take, take it all, huh? Come on through there. Pass through there. <laughs> Next verse, Casey. For Christ must reign until what? He humble all his enemies beneath his feet. Well, where's his feet? Hmm? Who? Where's his feet? Huh? That's right. Man, I'm, I'm trying to give y'all a passing grade. Absolutely. We're the feet. So you see what he said? For Christ must reign where? Where the Father, sitting at the right hand of the Father. Until all his enemies are beneath his feet. We're the ones that's going to make that happen. And the last enemy to be destroyed is what? Death. Keep going, Casey. For the scripture said, God has put all things under his authority. Of course, when it says all things are under his authority, that does not include God himself who gave Christ his authority. Keep going. Then when all things are under his authority, the son will put himself under God's authority so that God who gave his son authority over all things will be utterly supreme over everything everywhere. Why? Because the body of Christ, that's why we confess that we are the holy Catholic church because through the body of Christ, we are worldwide. And we are taking territory worldwide. That's what the word Catholic means. Holy, it, it's the holy, it's the holy church. It's the it's a universal church. Amen. And if the dead be not raised, what point is there in people being baptized for those who are dead? Why do it? Why do it useless? I mean, unless the dead will what someday rise again. And why should? We ourselves risk our lives hour by hour. For I swear, dear brothers, sisters, that I face death daily. This as a certain as my pride in what Christ Jesus, our Lord, had done in you. And what value was there in fighting wild beasts, those people in Ephesus? He's talking about what he had to go through. If there would be no resurrection from the dead, and if there, be, if there is no resurrection, let's feast, drink, for tomorrow we die. Hmm? What, isn't that what they did in the wilderness? I mean, when Moses went to get the commandments? They figured Moses, he, he beating up there too long. Let's party. 
He ain't coming back. Let's make us a new God and let's go back. They took all the gold that God gave them from the Egyptian and they made themselves a calf. I'd like to know what that calf is today. I'd like to get that gold. <laughs> so now you see the verse. It says, don't be fooled by those who say such things. For bad company, you see, don't be fooled by those who say such things. You know the such thing, all right? We started from verse 1 all the way till we got here. Now you have the whole picture. It was about the resurrection. It was about whether he died, whether he was raised from the dead, and etc. Bad company corrupts good character. And if you're not around, I'm not saying you just be around Christian folks all the time, but if you're around people who has, you know, I mean, they, get, they severely corrupt. And, and, and if you're around them, then you better be around them to make the difference in their life. You shouldn't be hanging around and say, well, you know, that's my boy. He, you know I, know, I know he got a loose mouth, but he all right. No. No, I got I to gotta, I gotta be careful how I be around him because my mouth will start getting loose too. My words will start getting loose too. Unless you're called to make the difference. Huh? Unless you're called to make the difference, no, you got to be careful. Because like it said, don't be fooled by those who say such things. Bad company corrupts good manners. And just because everybody said they're a Christian, that don't mean you go sit down and drink coffee with them unless you're going to straighten them out. Verse 34, Casey. So think carefully about what is what? Right. Stop sinning. For your shame... I say that some of you don't know God at all, and which as some of them didn't. Now, we went through all of that because I needed to get you to see the foundation of why the scripture says, awake to righteousness. Now, this could sound very simple, very elementary to you, but I'm telling you, there are many believers out there don't understand these scriptures that I just went through. And that's why I like to go line up on line a lot of times with Scripture with you. Why? Because they give you the full picture of what these Scriptures say. Because a lot of times we pull the Scripture out of its context, but when you read it in its context, you get a better understanding of its meaning. And so tonight I want to give you a better understanding of why Paul said, you know, don't be deceived or don't be fooled. Good uh, uh, good, com bad communication can corrupt good manners. Unless you're out there making a difference in that person's life, you can't just hang around and say, well, that's my girl. You know, I know she kind of loose sometimes, but I just love being around. You better watch that because what she got on her and how loose she is, guess what? Now you're going to become loosey-goosey. Hmm? You're what? You are some total. Or some total. Boy, that's important. And why why and, and why is it that and why is it five people? Because guess what? 
You can't have that many people in your circle. If you have that many people that close around you, then guess what? They're not friends. They're associates. That was a term that we used to use in sales. That's why I know it. So you have to be mindful who you, who you, because, you know, you should be able to, you should be able to say, this is how many, you know, how many friends I have. On one hand, you should not have more than five. To be honest with you, out of that five, you really got two that you can really trust. And if you're fortunate to find one, now you got something. Because it's hard to find that one. But when you find that one, Are y'all following what I'm saying? So be careful about saying, well, that's my friend. No. Most people that we call friend, they're not really a friend. They're just an associate. I'm guilty of it myself. So I'll be trying to correct my own self as I go during the day. You know, but they're associates. Right? Yeah. So you're close. The five people that Zach is talking about... You can see those five people. You can you can tell your most intimate deep secrets. Out of that one or two, you can tell them your dark side of your life and not be judged. That's why you don't have many people like that. But when you find them, why do you think people go to therapy? They don't know one another, so and plus they paying them. So yeah, they get that that therapist gonna sit there and listen for five hundred dollars an hour. Uh, and guess what? You don't have to pay me anything. I'm gonna listen because hey, I didn't set you free. It's the spirit of Christ that wants to come out of me and jump all over that thing on you. Come out of him in the name of Jesus. Amen. And then if you want to give an offering, you can give an offering to the Lord, which is, it's offering time. Did y'all learn anything tonight? It's simple. It's to the point. But this is the last week that we'll talk about awake to righteous. Now we're going to start talking to you how the righteous live. You know, the righteous live by faith. And so we're going to spend a uh, a, a good amount of time in talking about how the righteous respond by faith. But you're going to have to get rid of that, those attitudes of being afraid. you got to get rid of that attitude being prideful. And I'm, when I say prideful, I'm not talking about, you know, in a way that sometimes we think, being well, I can't say that, or I just can't do that. That's pride. Because it's Christ in you. Remember, you're dead. The life you now live, you live by the faith of the Son of God who loves you. And the Holy Spirit only responds to the words of Christ. It don't respond to you and I. It responds to the resurrection life that's in us. I hope that helped you. Amen.